Welcome to episode 62 of the Half Point for Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Riggs, joined as always by my co-host, Dalton Willie, and producer, Johnny Pham. Guys, it's an exciting time as we get deeper into the NFL playoffs. Hopefully some better games all around this next weekend compared to last weekend. I know we have obviously the crazy Niners-Cowboys game, but other than that, not, not so much entertainment, but... Unfortunately, with the later we go, the colder it seems to get. I know it's cold where Dalton and I are at. When I got to my car after work, I could see my breath inside the car. Never a good sign. Johnny's rocking the beanie inside. Also never a good sign for for the climate indoors. But other than the cold, how are you fellas doing tonight? I'm doing good. You know, I would even contend that none of the games last week were good. Uh, That Cowboys-Niners game, it was just just like impending doom where it was like neither of these teams deserve to win this game at this point. Uh, but that's to what be the, clear, the, the Niners deserve to win the game. It's just Jimmy G doesn't deserve to be moving on with them. I don't That's think. fair. That's a better way to look at it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, other than that, really tired of this cold weather. I'm ready for some warm weather. And most importantly, I'm ready for the playoffs to come to an end so we can get into the off season where everything I say is right. Bold. Yes, if, there, if there's anything that, that I've learned um, from the offseason is that we are always correct with, with every offseason take. Correct. So, as everyone who is listening knows, if you listened to last week, we did the divisional round preview. We did quite well, actually, I'd say. Johnny and I were 3-3 three and three against the spread. So, like, if you took all of our pitch straight up, you, you, you at least, like, you didn't lose money, which it could be much worse, probably was much worse for a lot of people. After the after that weekend, and I will contend that I should have won that Raiders game. The Raiders should have covered if it wasn't for the whistle at the NFL's gaslighting me on and trying to tell me it was after the play was over. I'm fine with it. Uh, I had a very good weekend against the spread and put exactly zero dollars down in betting, which is <laughs> very painful. How, that's how it goes. That's how yeah. it goes. You give all the right picks, but then when you actually put your money where your mouth is, the mouth is yeah. incorrect. Well, then I went and looked at what my odds were because I went six and zero, obviously, on my bets, mm-hmm. uh, just straight up. And I think the odds were like seven hundred almost if I would have parlayed <laughs> it, which I could have just put my check down on that and I could have quit my job today. So, <laughs> pretty pretty unfortunate, all things considered. But we're gonna go for a repeat this week and see if I can't hit a ten and zero streak on straight up picks. Well, I do not think. That is going to happen. I, I think the this week's games are a lot tougher to pick straight up than last week. And as evidenced by our records, uh, Dalton, you and Johnny, both 6-0 last week straight up. I was 5-1, and one, and if you remember, I picked the Cardinals. But I picked the Cardinals that was like, it was basically just the opposite of what everyone thinks is going to happen. Happens a lot in the NFL. So that, I was I was hoping to, to get a plus one on you guys, pull a fast one. Unfortunately, Cliff Kingsbury... Had other ideas. Actually, can I rant about Kingsbury for for just a minute, please? Should he be on the hot seat? I'll lead you into that. Let me. I'm I'm trying to find this tweet. Here we go. So, Cliff Kingsbury. Actually, you know what? Let's just use. Let's be smart here on the stream and use the share screen function because I didn't send this to you guys intentionally. I'm sure you you may have seen this. Very possible you have not though. So Cliff Kingsbury, the, since 2013 to 2021. So like that's 
a pretty long time, right? Like not an insignificant amount of time we're looking at here. 2013, his team lost five of the last six. 14, four of the last six. 15, four of the last six. Six of the last eight. Six of the last eight. Lost their last five. That's all at Texas Tech. Uh, 15 and 16 is with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. He went, he missed the bowl entirely, a bowl game entirely. Mahomes senior year went five and seven that year. The year before that made the Texas bowl. They lost in the Texas bowl. I don't remember who too. I think finished six and seven that year to give you an idea. Mark Mangino with Bill Whittemore at quarterback, like had that level of success in college football. Yeah, Bill Whittemore. Bet no one who's not a KU fan even has any idea who Bill Whittemore is. And actually, Mark Mangino with Jason Swanson. Yeah, who was that? No one knows now. Jason Swanson had a better record, went 8-5, and five, won the Texas Bowl in like 2005. So I, this is like the greatest example of failing upwards I've ever seen. In 2019, oh, he gets hired by the Cardinals because he's uh, apparently this great offensive mind. They lose seven of their last nine. 2020, five of their last seven. Missed the playoffs entirely after, like, they were pretty awesome. And we all kind of chalked it up to, well, Kyler Murray had the shoulder. Wasn't quite the same after that. I know Hopkins was hurt this year, but they lost five of their last six this year. And even more than that, I think what makes me the most mad, they're down 21 to zero. They get the ball with, I don't know, 50 seconds, a minute, something. They had all three timeouts and they just sit on it. They take it in the halftime and they just decide, you know what? We just got to forget about this half, regroup, come back out the second half. It's like, no, this guy got hired in the NFL as an offensive coach. You have Kyler Murray as your quarterback. How can you call yourself a good offensive coach and you sit on it down 21 to zero with a minute left with a chance to at least put some points on the board, all three timeouts, some kind of momentum like that, just cowardly, cowardly. And he should not be their coach right now. He should have already been fired yesterday. I see. Um, not getting that straight up pick really has <laughs> it really doesn't you. have a whole lot to uh, do with that bet. <laughs> no, I do think he has been a subpar coach. And I think part of the reason he got into the NFL, uh, take this for what you well, is because he coached Mahomes. And I think there was a little bit of shine on him from what Mahomes had done his first few years. But I mean, that team as a whole has been just really underperformed in the NFL. They've come out strong two years in a row in Kyler's rookie season. They've had some promise, and then they've really just faltered out towards the end. I just don't think he makes adjustments that coaches need to make. Yeah, it's it's the sign of a bad coach. Like the the t- teams are figuring him out literally at every level, college and NFL, midway through the season, and he can't adjust. In college, it's partially like oh, they go from playing bad teams to good teams. Like that's part of it, but like. The schedule isn't that imbalanced in the Big 12 every year that you shouldn't be able to win a conference game down the stretch. Like, come on. Like, it's it's just – and, like, last night, like, they played the Rams twice earlier this year, kicked their butt once. It was competitive, 30-23 to 23 the second time. That was a laugher. The Rams could have won that game 42-10 to 10 if they wanted to. Like, that's just the sign of, a, of being completely outcoached by Sean McVay. 
Yeah, well, and I still don't fully understand how they utilized their wide receivers in that game. I know Rondell Moore was a little banged up, but there was nothing run to him, and they weren't getting any downfield passing going, and they just kept trying it over and over. I mean, Christian Kirk. Were, were there any Kyler Murray designed runs that you saw? No, zero. Any like Kyler Murray like designed like rollouts that you saw? It's like, yeah, let's keep dropping our five foot eight quarterback behind this offensive line that's getting murdered by Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and company. And let's just see what happens. Yeah, albeit like, should Kyler have maybe just taken the safety when they were down 14 to nothing? Yeah, I think he should have. But like he was also not set up to succeed in a lot of other spots by his by his so-called offensive guru coach. Yep. No, battle around. The Cardinals aren't moving on with their head coach, but they're definitely a team that I like they're under next year, and I don't know what the number is yet. <laughs> uh, all I need to know is that Jason Moore, who uh, the footballers are like the most optimistic Cardinals fans in the world, he tweeted out that it's Wednesday and Cliff Kingsbury is still the Cardinals coach, and that makes him a little bit sad. And when I read that, I was like, okay, I've got, I, I've got, I've got to let some Kingsbury stuff off my chest on the pod because it, it's just straight up ridiculous. It's ridiculous that this guy it was ridiculous that he got an nfl coaching job to begin with with his resume in college and it's ridiculous that we're three years in and we have a now eight nine year trend and he seems like he might be back maybe we'll get the rope a dope like we did with joe judge and he will eventually get fired but it, it's not looking like it right now not at all which is pain uh but at the very least Maybe you know Benjamins are starting running back <laughs> next year. So there there are small nuggets of success in this. Uh free my guy, you know, he deserves better than than the Cardinals. That's my take. All right. I think we've had enough Cardinals. We can get on to the teams that are actually still playing. And we'll again do it just like last week. We're gonna pick them all straight up. We're gonna pick them against the spread. We're not gonna do like even though I read off our our scores, our records from last week. We're not going to do like a a winner and loser of each week. It'll be a cumulative thing at the end, both straight up and against the spread. And we'll go chronologically here. Uh, Game-wise, the first is the Bengals at the Titans. The Titans, I think this has actually moved a little bit pro-Titan. I think on Monday this opened up at Titans minus three. I think, and now we're up to Titans minus three and a half. So maybe more Derrick Henry confidence is moving that moving the betters a little bit. I'm not sure, but Dalton, I'll start with you. What do you make of this game and, and, and what are your picks? Well, first out of all of wildcard weekend, this is probably the game I'm the least excited for. Uh, I'm I, actually kind of excited about this game. I just think neither of these teams are making the Super Bowl. I think the winner of the chiefs uh, bills game is probably the, the, the odds on favorite to make the Super Bowl. Um, and I think both of these teams have done a little bit of, they've really played above the belt to get where they're at. The Titans mm-hmm. in the beginning of the season and the, the Bengals really came on late. Uh, with that being said, I went back and forth a lot on this one. So against the spread, I'm taking the Bengals plus three and a half. I like the idea of Granderson disrupting Ryan Tannehill. I just think that That's good. Ryan Tannehill under pressure is not a very good quarterback. He needs a really clean system. That offensive line for the Titans has been really, really bad this year. I think they're 30th in the league in overall grade from PFF. And I know Derrick Henry's back, but what Derrick Henry are we getting? How are they going to utilize them are some questions I have. Because 
he came back when he injured his foot in the first game and he didn't look good. And then they finally said he was going to go to IR and everything. Mm -hmm. And from what I've read, he's being returned pretty quickly. I get it. We've seen Cam Akers do what is inhumanly possible and come back from his Achilles injury. Yeah, no kidding. Like 95 yards the other night. But Derrick Henry's style of running is just so brutal that I just really feel like he needs to be at full health. And then last but not least, I think that they're, the safeties for the Bengals do a good job, and I think they can cover uh, A.J. Brown. Uh, with all of that being said, I'm just not a believer in the Titans in general. I think they've, they're the team that's overachieved the most this season in the NFL, which means I'm also going with the underdog on the road pick here, and I'm taking the Bengals. Uh, so you're taking the Bengals the straight up straight and up. against yeah. the spread. Wow. Yeah. As some would say, I'm taking the points for the Bengals. <laughs> some some would say it, and, and some would be incorrect. Uh, Johnny, what, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, I like the Titans straight up. I just feel that the Bengals would probably just fall a little short, probably somewhere in the fourth quarter, but I'm picking the Bengals to cover the spread, but uh, the Titans to eventually edge out at the end. I just caught a glimpse of your picks a second ago, Johnny, as I scroll over the type Bengals for Dalton. I think we are going to be of one mind today, so that's oh, a little wow. unfortunate. Um, a little or fortunate, we'll see. We're either going to leave Dalton the dust or he's going to leave us the dust, uh, depending on what his picks are. But I'm with you, so I'm, I'm taking the Bengals to cover um, plus 3.5 on their end because I do think this will be a close game. But I'm taking the Titans. I'm not sure I agree with you, Dalton, that they can cover A.J. Brown. No one's really been able to cover A.J. Brown since he came back late in the season. So I guess nope. what the better description should have been is that they can make it hard enough for Tannehill to get the ball to A.J. Brown. That That's probably a better way to describe it with pressure on Ryan Tannehill. And I think that as a quarterback, he does not have the – not. I mean uh, – not intelligence, but that's the best word I, it comes to mind to get the ball out quickly enough to AJ Brown. And I don't really trust Vrabel as a offensive play caller to go pass heavy when they need it. I don't know. Well, that's, that's the other thing I was going to say is number two, I think the Titans have a massive coaching advantage in this game. And I think that type of stuff can, and oftentimes does matter. Um, hello, Mike McCarthy. When, when you get into, into big moments in, in big games, like I, I trust Vrabel to make the right in-game decisions, clock management decisions, that type of stuff, a lot more than I trust Zach Taylor because I, I'm still not convinced that Taylor is a great coach. I, I, he was close to being fired, at least. like A lot of people just in the general NFL world thought that he should be fired last year, and it wasn't looking like great at the beginning of the year. I, I'm not sure he's like – a great coach. I just think he has a lot of talent on, on his team. I'll put it that way. So I'm a little worried about the Zach Taylor factor. And like, even if Henry's not a hundred percent, just the threat that he brings, like number one, I'm not going to doubt that Derek Henry can, can come into this game and play well. There's that, like we could get a great Derek Henry game. So that's obviously the X factor here. And, and number two, even if he's not like full fledged Derek Henry, like, just having him, having him for that play action, I think is going to help a lot. And and they have, they finally kind of have all of those guys on offense they haven't had basically all season with, with Julio, AJ Brown, and Derrick Henry healthy. 
at the same time. And I'm surprised you don't give more love to your guy, Deontay Foreman, who has actually looked pretty good down the stretch, even if Henry's not a full-fledged go. Like, I think Foreman actually could have an impact. Well, first, the Henry thing, it's just if they're not going to give any – there's a potential that they think Henry's 100% and Foreman doesn't even see the field, um, except in like a few – you know, he has a 15 to 20% snap share. Um, the other thing that really gave me pause on the Titans is out of every team in the playoffs, they're the least pass heavy. And I just really do think passing offenses get it done in the playoffs. I know the Titans are an outlier in the sense that they, they have a really effective run game in the sense that it actually has a positive EPA for them to run the ball. Uh, well, but, and their run just sets up their pass so well. Yeah. Their, their running makes their passing much more efficient. Yeah, but I think if the Titans or if the Bengals can shut that down for two drives, there's a very good possibility they can score on two drives and then go up 14-0, and then the Titans have to play out of pocket. Um, but I think if the Titans get ahead, the Bengals have the tools to play from behind a lot more effectively, which kind of came into my counterpoint on the Bengals. They've played two massively important games in the last like five weeks. They've both been at home. One of them, they had the rally against the Chiefs. One of them, they barely beat the Raiders. But they've both been at home, and they've greatly benefited from the officials in both of those games. So, you, the number one, they, they've just straight up like been helped by, by the refs, and some of it's just good luck. You have to have good luck to win games and get by in the NFL for sure. Teams benefit from calls all the time. But there's some of that, and like – going on the road is just different in the playoffs. Like I, I'm not sure like Tennessee is like one of the best home field advantages or anything, but like, I'm sure like they're the number one seed. Like they could make a Super Bowl run. Like I'm sure that's going to be an excited crowd, like minus three and a half. It's really, I don't know. I was very tempted to even take the Titans on that too, but I'm giving, I'm giving the Bengals that much, but I just think that the Titans are, are going to be like the, the nobody believes in us number one seed, if that such a thing could ever exist. Counterpoint to your counterpoint. I think the officials have money on the Bengals every week. <laughs> <laughs> even taking out the officials, I was a little bit even though I like I said that I thought the Raiders were gonna cover, obviously, but like it's gotta be a little concerning that they didn't look better against the Raiders. Like, I don't think the Raiders played well. And they still had a chance to send that game to overtime. Like, I I thought, you know, if the Raiders were going to cover, like, I thought that they were going to have to play well. Turns out they straight up handed the Bengals six points in that game and got in a hole right away, which is not what you want if you're the Raiders, and did not play well and still could have won that game. So even though I said the Raiders were going to cover, I came away more concerned than I thought I would about the Bengals with how they played in that game. See, I came away a little positive because the Bengals didn't allow a single pressure in that game. And Ngakwe and Max Crosby are very good defensive ends, and I expected that to be a bigger issue. And coming into this game, I think one of the keys for the Titans to win is for their defensive ends, which they have two talented defensive ends as well, yeah. is to win on the edge. And I really think this game's going to come down to which quarterback is kept cleaner in the pocket. Well, I was going to ask, yeah. do we know the status of uh, Trey Hendrickson yet? because their other defensive tackle is now out for the year with an injury that he sustained last week. I do not know the status of Trey Hendrickson. So that could be a factor too. But yeah, I think this is actually an interesting game. Uh, glad we at least have a 
a slight difference of, of opinion here. All right, this is another one. I mean, honestly, like all four, we're to the point where all of these games, I'm, I'm pretty excited about at this point. But this one, especially so, because I'm I'm just very interested to see how this Packers team looks in the playoffs this year. I know they played well in this round last year, but this is a Niners team that has obviously given the Packers trouble in the playoffs when they've met up Niners at Packers. This is Packers minus six, which like regardless of my prediction, I was a little surprised that line wasn't bigger just because I think it was Cowboys minus four and a half. Actually, we have it right here. Cowboys minus three last week. I I was a little surprised just by that straight up. I thought maybe the Packers would be like more of a, a seven or seven and a half, but, but John, I'll start with you. What are your picks on this game? Uh, my picks are Packers straight up. Um, I think they have looked really good at the end of the year, closing out strong. And I, I think what the Niners proved last week, kind of beating the Cowboys the way they did, uh, I think they'll be decent enough to cover. But uh, again, like you said, I think this is a really exciting game that I'm looking forward to watching Seeing how that's going to go down. Might put money on this one. I am a TBD right now with it. Put put money on just Packers' money line or put money on the Niners to cover? On Packers' money line. I'm way too scared for the Niners to cover. <laughs> so I'll, I'll go next here so I'm not hearing Dalton's picks before I make mine. I'm trying. Do we have – what's the most recent update? Okay, here we go. On 49ers' web zone – Demeco Ryan, hopeful Nick Bosa will be available versus Packers. Same so, with Fred Warner. And and that that's really what it comes down to. I think if those two were fully healthy, I think I would pick the Niners to win this game. But since we're unsure if we're gonna get Bosa, and if Bosa plays, there's less concern about like his health because obviously a concussion is serious, but a concussion, once you clear concussion protocol isn't generally going to like hamper you during a game, right? Like it's not, it's not going to be like Fred Warner who's dealing with the ankle injury. And I know he had this, the same injury he had earlier in the season too. So I do have just concern on if he plays and what he looks like. And I think for that reason, I'm going to take the Packers both to, to cover and to win this game, just because if that defense isn't able to slow down um, the Packers, I don't really see a world like if the Niners have to get off script, they're in trouble. I agree with you. I think Jimmy G does have one game in the playoffs where he could kind of have a 300 yard game and and looks different. Part of that involves Debo running the ball for 60 yards for a touchdown. (laughs) Um, But I, I really, really came super close to just picking the Niners straight up. Uh, I am picking them to cover, so I think the Niners cover plus six. I was confused. I I think the last week's line was a gimme. I thought the the Niners were a lot better than the Cowboys, and I'm confused that Vegas only favors the Packers by three more points. Really yeah, thought- like you, like you would have thought that 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 cow that Cowboys line was probably a well, everyone's going to bet the Cowboys anyway, so let's you know whatever it doesn't really matter. But yeah, with this one. Yeah, that, that's telling me that they only be a, a three-point favorite over over the Cowboys if the Packers and Cowboys play, which I I just do not. I, I don't see that one. 
Yeah, and the Packers get back Jerry Alexander, obviously one of the best corners in the league. David Bakhtiari is one of the best tackles in the league, and they get Zadarius Smith back, who was one of their biggest playmakers on defense before he went out. Uh, I, I will say, it, obviously, I picked the Packers uh, both cover and straight up, but I do still just, I just want to see, like, it's good those guys are back, but I'm not like counting on that being a massive net positive this week. Now, if they look pretty good this week, then I feel a lot. And if they win and those three guys look good, then you feel great about it next week. Well, Bakhtiari looked good in week 18. Mm-hmm. He played 40% of the snaps, but that's just because Rodgers only played 40% of right. the snaps. Um, I really, really want to take the Niners here, and I just can't because it's Aaron Rodgers. I do think we're going to have a fun game of who's the worst in-game manager between LaFleur and Shanahan in this game. Uh, they both have their in-game inconsistencies. I do think the 49ers are getting a little underrated. I, I think minus – I feel like this should have been lower – and I felt like the Cowboys line should have been been lower as well. Mm-hmm. I just think the 49ers are a better team than they're getting credit for. I know Jimmy Garoppolo threw a bad pick, but he does a good job at being a game manager, and there are enough weapons on San Francisco that those pop plays are really possible. And the Packers defense has been – Yeah, so maybe good. maybe give George Kittle more than three targets, one reception this week. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, well, I think part of that, too, is they were just like, we're going to run the ball as much as we can and keep it out of your hands while we have a lead. Yeah. Um, but I went back and looked, and I went from weeks 1 through 11 and left out 11 through 16 because the Packers were without Alexander and without um, Zedaria Smith through those weeks. And they still allowed a lot of big plays. They didn't allow the short gains. So I'm just going to be interested to see how they match up. Outside of the Chiefs game, because I'm a Chiefs fan, this is the game I'm most excited to watch, to be completely honest. Really? See, I, I think I would have felt that way if not. I, I'm just concerned enough, especially Fred Warner. Like, again, both is either in or out. Like, But I, I'm just – the Warner thing is just such a huge – like, he's probably the best middle linebacker in the league, to be to be honest. Or he's, like, one of the top two or three. Like, he is a big-time difference maker. And, you know, he'd probably be the guy spying Aaron Jones out of the backfield on when, when it goes out for routes and they're just going to need all of the front seven help they can get um, because they have to be able to get pressure on Rodgers. because if there is a weakness on this team outside quarterback, it's the secondary. The secondary is not great right now for Niners. Well, and if I'm giving any betting advice outside of this, I really want to take whatever Devonte Adams yards total is. Yeah, I want to take the over. He'll, he'll take the, he'll have the over on that. Obviously, against the Titans, they gave A.J. Brown a career day. The, 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 the secondary on this team is bad, and everybody's seen the comments going around Twitter that the 49ers basically single-covered CeeDee Lamb the whole game and that the Dallas coaching staff and Dak just didn't take advantage of it. I do think that that's a tendency that this off this defense has, and Devontae Adams is probably going to have a big day. Like, Yeah, it, it, it should not be a tendency this week, and if it is, I feel wonderful about, about my pick. Yeah, well, I mean – you. Uh, you know, if they get one incompletion to him and you're asking some of the, the trash bunch of other receivers in that group to come up on a third down, maybe maybe the Niners get lucky. But I am excited for this game. Uh, if the Niners win this game, I'll be really excited to see them. Maybe we can get a, a rematch of them and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Well, I'd say as a, as a Chiefs fan, that no, I, I, the Niners are good, but I would rather play the Niners than either Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. A hundred percent. Okay, so you took – I'm just trying to fill in our doc before I forget. You took the Packers 
to win. And the Niners to cover. And Niners to cover. And Johnny's already got his in there. Okay, now this is the game that I am actually most interested in this weekend. Rams at Bucks. Bucks minus three, which, you know, that's a pretty low line. It's not, you know, it's lower than the Titans versus the Bengals. Um, so that's basically saying on a neutral, this would be a pick em, or like maybe it's bucks by one because it gets bet up because of Tom Brady, who knows. But obviously these teams played earlier in the season and the Rams trounced them. Now, obviously, again, the Rams have not looked like that caliber of team for most of the games down the stretch. They obviously look good against Cliff Kingsbury and company. The other day, but Stafford completes nine pass or has nine pass tips in the first half. You're going to probably look good no matter what. With that said, I think I'm taking the Rams to win this game. So obviously, as as we all know, that also means they're going to cover plus three Rams to win Rams to cover. I do have concerns with the two safeties um, being out, although one of them is in concussion protocol. Maybe he plays. Um but I just think I have more concerns with who the Bucks are could potentially be missing this week. I don't think Worfs is going to play. I'd be pretty surprised. And then you have so let me pull this injury report back up. Jansen and Wells. So you've got Jansen who is like doing a like very little, like just doing walkthroughs, but a DNP in practice. Worfs wasn't even spotted in practice today. Um, and then you've got Ronald Jones, who's like questionable, which I'm not sure if that really matters. But Larry Fournette is still slowly coming back. We'll see about that. And, and then obviously they they still don't have Chris Goblin, not going to have Chris Goblin, don't have Antonio Brown, not going to have Antonio Brown. And I said last week, I don't think this is where it catches up to him. I think that combined with they're potentially missing two of their three Pro Bowl offensive linemen against a defensive line that Aaron Donald is on and Von Miller, who is not old Von Miller, but still pretty good. Like I, it's a bad game to be missing your protection. And if we know anything about Tom Brady, it's that if you can pressure him, you can beat him. That is the formula. And I, that offense just has to do enough and not make mistakes. But I, I think the Rams can win this game. I'm picking them because of all of those things. And also, because it, how rare is it for two teams to play back-to-back years in conference championship games? I feel like it's got to be pretty rare. I feel like I can't just pick that to happen, so I'm going Rams. Well, part of the reason I didn't pick the 49ers because I'm picking the other road underdog. Uh, I'm in lock and step with you. I'm taking the Rams <laughs> and the points, so to speak. Uh, look, the thing is, everything you said, my first concern is the offensive line. Tom Brady does terrific under pressure as well. Uh, but the issue is he has just no weapons. Mike Evans is going That's to That's not true. Shot. He has Mike Evans and Gronk. Well, he has some weapons. Mike so. Evans is going to get shadowed by Jalen Ramsey. I'm 95% sure that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm and Tom Brady's smart enough that he's not going to over-target that matchup because it spells trouble. And then there's Gronk. And Gronk's look good most of the season, but relying on a 33-year-old tight end who came out of retirement to play with you is not a winning playoff strategy, in my opinion. And more importantly, the rest of those receivers on that team, 
Tyler Johnson pulled up multiple times for Tom Brady, and the, it was very obvious. The commentators talked about it. Where Tom Brady, yeah, there, there was one where it was kind of like, well, we're not sure if he was supposed to like sit or if you i mean i'm gonna i'm guess tom brady was probably right there but it's like you can without like knowing it's impossible to actually know whose fault some of those are but yeah I can yeah that. but when it's tom brady it's it's not tom brady's fault in that <laughs> offense i mean just played it simple mm-hmm. uh i think they really need fournette back just because he provides them another option uh for what it's worth i don't think him being active is going to be a game changer um and Sean vaughn didn't look too bad last week and we know geo can play I mean, it was the Eagles. Like, I'm not going to overestimate. No, I, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, but and the the Rams just have more going for them. I if the Rams had been more pass happy last week, I'd feel more confident in this because that's how they're going to beat the Bucks, and that's the the matchup that works in their favor. Is the Bucks are a pass funnel, and their pass defense is nowhere near as good as their run defense. And the Rams have a bevy of weapons in the passing game. Now, do I feel really? really strongly and badly about siding with Matthew Stafford <laughs> in this game. Absolutely. Yes. Um, but I I'm taking them. I mean, the playmakers Carlton Davis is probably the best cornerback they have. And whoever he matched up with, whether it's cup or Odell, or he floats around, he's probably going to get burned. Dan Jefferson has that deep threat. I mean, Deshaun Jackson burned them last year or in the last game. I think Van Jefferson can do the same thing. And I, I just don't see a scenario unless their defensive line really punishes Matthew Stafford all game that they come out of this and win. I mean, Tom Brady's going to have to make one of those other receivers look really good, or they're going to have to have a career day for this to be a game that I think Tom Brady can come out of. Is Brashad Perryman playing? I feel like I don't even know for sure if Perryman is playing. He is, but I mean, he, he was really the Scotty able- Miller game. Scotty Miller was the hero of their playoff run last year. You could argue with the catch yeah. against the Packers. He could be, but you're asking for lightning to strike in the same place twice with that one. Maybe Jalen Darden, you know, one of the preseason darlings. In, in well, now, 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 yeah, now you're really getting crazy. He's yeah. done like two things that have not been punt returns all season. I know, but, you know, Tyler Johnson gets on Tom Brady's nerves, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets knocked down one one spot in the pecking order and Jalen Darden gets a couple of looks. I just I just don't think they have the, the offensive power, firepower to do this. That's what it comes down to. I mean, there were even some plays against the Eagles that Tom Brady threw the ball, and I was just like, I mean, it doesn't look good. I know they won the game by a good margin, but they did not look like a clean team. I don't know if well, you know that. the the issue was once the offensive lineman got banged up, it was very clear, like, hey, if the Eagles could start scoring points right now, they could actually get back into this game because they are getting pressure with four on Tom Brady. Yeah. Right well, and if, if Hertz scores that touchdown instead of throws a pick at the end of the first, I would have felt very strongly about the Eagles having a comeback potential because the third quarter, they looked defeated. And then the fourth quarter, they really kind of rallied, but it was too late. But no, I, I just... Yeah, garbage time Jalen Hurts. Oh, boy. Never underestimated. Garbage time Will Fuller. Garbage time Jalen Hurts. Some of my favorite players. All right, Johnny, who, who's your pick in this game? It is the same as both of you guys. Oh, uh, man. I feel just as bad as the Niners one that worked out last week that we're all on the yeah. underdog here. Rams um, straight up and for the points. So since we all have the same pick, I'll at least lay out the other side, like how this could be wrong besides just it's Tom Brady because that's obvious. <laughs> but It's Matt Stafford is the other point. <laughs> yes, and – 
the thing that gives me pause is that the left tackle Whitworth popped up on the injury report this week. I, I think one of their coach, I think it's a knee, and I think one of the call, coaches like call them Gumby. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure a left tackle is quite that flexible, but I guess we'll see. But if he were to be limited or just not play, that's obviously a problem. We saw firsthand last year. You want your offensive lineman when you're playing the Bucs and this pass rush. So how the Bucs win this game is they get pressure on Matthew Stafford and they force turnovers. Like, yeah, like Brady might throw a pick maybe two or get strip sacked, but Matthew Stafford is way more prone to having like a just egregious, like three turnover like, game, like a full on meltdown. Yeah. So that, that on top of like, they just can't cover Gronk. Like they're they're shadowing Mike Evans. They're he's getting his numbers, but it's not very efficient. It's like it's not super helpful to the Bucks. But they just for they they just can't like Gronk is just open every third play, and we can't figure it out. That and Fournette or some running back giving them something, I think is is how you can see it going wrong on offense. And you know, obviously. You can pressure Brady, but if you can't cover the guys, he's going to have that thing out so quick that you can't. So you have to at least pr- cover a little bit and let and let Aaron Donald and company get home. The other thing I would say, and I saw this from Ben Baldwin, since like week thirteen or fourteen, the Rams have been like really rush heavy. They've been they've rushed more than they've passed in their games, and Sean McVay has a tendency to be very hard headed. And we saw that in the Super Bowl against New England where he kept trying the same thing and it was not working at all. Mm-hmm. And my worry is that this rush attack they're doing is in part to disguise the very obvious concerns they have about Matt Stafford. And they stick to an inefficient ground game. And this game gets ugly. And if this game gets ugly, I think Tom Brady ekes it out. See, I actually kind of, I kind of think this is going to be Sean McVay. Like, okay, like this is a pr- this is a pride game for Sean McVay. This is why I went out and got this guy. I handpicked this guy. Let me show you what I can do with Matthew Stafford. I can beat Tom Brady. I I, I kind of think we might see the opposite, which could also be a problem. Like it could it could go wrong both ways. <laughs> I was gonna say this reminds me of a story when I was a kid. I got one of those big trikes and I wanted to go ride it in the neighborhood. And the first time I brought it out to ride it, the wheel fell off. And I feel like that could be what what Sean McVay is. He's like, check out my new toy. And Stafford throws two pick sixes in the first half. <laughs> Um, he is another quarterback that's thrown a pick from his own end zone. That was very bad this year. Uh, shout out, shout out Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford. All right. Shout out NFC West. On to two very good quarterbacks. And obviously for us three, personally, the marquee game of the weekend, that is Bills at Chiefs. Guys, the line is Chiefs minus one and a half. Since Patrick Mahomes has been the starting quarterback in Kansas City, this is the smallest line of any game in Arrowhead. What are I, I'm assuming we're all picking Chiefs, right? And if we are, let's try and uh, give some reasons why besides they're the Chiefs. Well, I thought pretty hard about this. One, I think, and I know this is very biased, I think it's the public betting this down that the Sharps are probably on the Chiefs minus one and a half. I, the Chiefs are still the overwhelming favorites to win the Super Bowl or to go to the Super Bowl, the AFC, which mm-hmm. tells me that there's something not in line with this line and who's betting you. So I think it's getting bet down. Um, but 
what I did is I just went by unit by unit and picked which team is better. So quarterback, I'm sorry, I'm giving it to Kansas City, whatever. Josh One of Josh Allen's touchdowns last week, and he had a, a good game, he meant to throw it out of the end zone, and Dawson Knox was just more athletic. Okay. I'm not sure. He at least gave him a chance. But, yeah, obviously I'm with you that Mahomes is better than, than Allen. Well, um, well proven otherwise. Allen said himself, he said, I was throwing it away. And it just okay, happened. I didn't, I didn't see his quote. Yeah. So that's so first I give it to them. Running back group, I mean, it's it's pretty split down the middle. I don't think either of them are going to be the, the game game making decision, but I'll probably give it to Kansas City. Offensive line, definitely to Kansas City. Nothing mm-hmm. to discredit the Bills, but they they don't have one as good as the offensive line. Wide receiver one, Diggs is amazing. Don't get me wrong, but Tyreek Hill is a top five in the wide receiver. Well, uh, if you if you're just doing pass catchers that aren't running backs, it's yeah, Tyreek Hill Kansas and City. Travis Kelsey are greater than Stephon Diggs and uh, Dawson Knox. Yeah, a uh, defensive line. Chris Jones is a perennial Pro Bowler. I, I mean, AJ who, did, who didn't play in Week Five, by the way, and I feel like that gets yeah. overlooked. Obviously, Week Five, the Bills uh, beat the Chiefs pretty badly. Yeah, safeties. I give it to the Bills. That's fine. They have two of the best safeties in the league. Mm-hmm. And then cornerbacks, I mean, it, I think it's pretty cut and dry, depending on if Rashard Fenton plays. But overall, I think that – Obviously, no no Trey White this time. He tore his ACL yep. a month ago, six weeks ago, some something like that. Yeah. The Chiefs have the better weapons. And defensively, I mean, that was – and we talked about this earlier. That was the worst game the Chiefs defense has played all season, even worse than the Titans game, in my opinion. And I actually don't think the Chiefs played that bad against the Titans defensively. It was the offense that was the problem yeah. in that game. But, yeah, obviously the opponent had something to do with that. The The Bills are really good. The Bills could absolutely beat the Chiefs. Like, it, this isn't me saying that they couldn't. But minus one and a half is pretty disrespectful – for the two-time reigning AFC champions who, again, if I'm not going to say that a 38-20 to 20 score is like indicative of what's going to happen now, I'm not going to say last year is indicative either. But when these teams met when it mattered, the Chiefs beat their beat their breaks off last year in the playoffs. So I, I, that just kind of should be in the back of people's minds at least. And if not that, just um, it's kind of like not to the same level as these guys. But it's the same idea as like the Spurs in in their day, like LeBron in his prime, um, Tom Brady until he's eighty five, like and we're obviously we've been against Tom Brady, so we're breaking that rule. But like the general the general side that I try to be on with those, like with LeBron and, and Brady, it's it's less betting against their teams and more like betting against like oh this guy like. Tom Brady's done after he threw five, four picks in Kansas City in, in 2014. Well, no, he, he's still playing eight years later. Like, I bet on the known quantity until some someone something comes up and proves otherwise. And I'm just going to bet on the two-time defending AFC champions until the Bills come in and beat them. If the Bills come in and beat them, great. Like, I, I'm a believer at that point. But I just think you have I, – I, I've got to give the Chiefs the benefit of the doubt there. Obviously, we have talked a lot about that week five game. And anyone who's followed the Chiefs at all knows that it's like two completely different teams almost uh, first half of the season and second half of the season. And then week week five, it was like all of the bad things that could have possibly happened to this team. Including a pick game. six. A pick six that went right through Tyree Kill's hands that I feel like that – 
obviously through his hands has happened multiple times this year, but the pick six is another space on the bingo card. So there's two. Um, you have Pringle fumble a kick return. You had it didn't matter, but you had uh, a snap that Mahomes just straight up couldn't handle basically to, to end the game down 38 20 late. You had CEH getting injured, which yeah, I don't know how big of an impact that had on the game, but you had like Dan Sorensen blown coverage, Stefan Diggs set up a field goal. Dan Sorensen blown coverage, Dawson Knox 80 yard touchdown. On um, one of Josh Allen's long touchdown passes, I was watching these highlights today. If anyone couldn't tell, <laughs> um, he had four seconds to just stand completely still in the pocket and, and throw it to Sanders. And it wasn't like terrible coverage. It was just when a guy is that unimpeded in the pocket, it's going to be a problem. And that, that was the issue is that the bills just straight up bullied the chiefs in the interior. They have Melvin Ingram. They have Chris Jones. Now they didn't have at that point, Frank Clark. I think that was like, he was in and out of the lineup at that point. That was his first game back. So I don't know like how healthy he was. And obviously, like Willie Gay is playing more and playing better. Um, Nick Bolton playing more and playing better. Dan Sorensen playing less and playing a little bit better than he was at that point in the season. So I just think it, you've got a, a much better defense, a much more well-suited defense to at least not like shut down the Bills. I, I would not say I would never say that, but just to at least put up enough resistance and I mean, we saw what this team can do. I know the Steelers aren't very good, but that defense is pretty good. And they scored 35 points in 11 minutes, which is by far the most in NFL playoff history in that amount of time. Well, another thing, in the Patriots game, Josh Allen played the best game he's played his entire career, which obviously when you have seven straight possessions of touchdowns, that's going to be the Mm -hmm. case unless your name is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, But he had an 18% above expected completion percentage. And the thing about Josh Allen is he is not an accurate quarterback. He throws these really hard-hitting zingers. And in the red zone, I mean, sometimes he just throws it over everybody's head. And I went and looked back, and this was his second-highest completion percentage in the NFL. His highest completion percentage came last year against the Jets. I mean, this Bills team, and if you watched their pregame, Stefan Diggs was yelling about how it was a changing of the guard in the AFC East and how this was the prove-it game and blah, blah, blah. I really think part of it was an emotional game and that that team came out to play. And I think we have a little bit different of a narrative if that pick on the first possession for the Patriots doesn't happen. And that was like an insane, highly that was a great play. Pick. It yeah, was a it great was, play. It was a great play. But if that doesn't happen, the, the Patriots were driving down the field pretty well. I mean, it wasn't like a, a masterclass in offense. But if they come away with some points there, I mean, the final score probably isn't 47-17. It's probably 20-47 or closer to what we saw from the Chiefs score. And I just think the national media is overhyping the outcome of that Patriots game and underhyping the outcome of the Chiefs game. When I think well, the and, it, and, and the it's Steelers, just it, it's just funny because like the narrative is like, oh, the Bills are red hot, and and they are like they they've won. I think they won four in a row to end the season, but the Chiefs have won now ten of eleven. Like it does not get any hotter than that, and that's how it was last year too. It was like the Chiefs were literally when they played their starters fifteen and one last year. And hadn't lost a game they played their starter or 14 and one, 14 and one, and they had not lost a real game since October. And the narrative was the Bills are red hot, and they were red hot, but like the Chiefs have one more game. So it's just kind of funny how that how that kind of goes this time or these times. Two more points I, I wanted to make, and then we can get out of here unless you guys have have stuff to add. Number one, Dalton, I'm surprised you didn't bring this up because you're the one that sent this tweet. 
Here are the quarterbacks with 20-plus pass attempts versus the Bills Oh yeah, this season. Uh, this is per Mike Clay on Twitter. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. But then Mac Jones, Tua, Mike White, Jacoby Brissett, Cam Newton, Big Ben, Trevor Simeon, Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Taylor Heineke, Davis Mills, Carson Wentz. So you've got two very good quarterbacks and then one average quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. And Matt Ryan is like average on his good days. And then the rest are just bad, at least this year. Like Trevor Lawrence, maybe not forever bad, uh, but he was this year. <laughs> like I, this defense is good, but I think they've also maybe gotten a little bit overhyped because uh, they've got to stack it, stack it up on, bad on some bad, on some bad teams and bad quarterbacks. And a, a kind of a weird style on the Bills I mentioned the other day to you guys. They're zero and four in single digit games when they win. They really running up on teams so yeah i don't know good defense but like mahomes had a good game it was just a lot of other things went wrong for the chiefs and went right for the bills and the bills obviously are in the wind but it was it wasn't like they shut down mahomes in that game and then brady obviously torched them when when they went and beat the Bucks. so it's not i i think you're gonna hear the bills have number one offense number one defense this week a lot i i wouldn't put the bills number one defense of the bullet by, by any stretch well and the last thing i'll say would Patrick Mahomes ever walk into Jacksonville, this Jacksonville team, and lose by six to nine? Uh, would Patrick Mahomes ever lose a game where his defense nice. allows nine points? You know, like, it, and that's just in the range of outcomes if you're betting on the Bills that Josh Allen has a literal like six point offensive outcome. And mm. I don't mean that as a, I love Josh Allen for anybody who's listened to this podcast, they know that, but he is just erratically inconsistent. And I feel like this line just does not reflect whatsoever the real floor outcome of Josh Allen, which is literally the basement of quarterbacking in the NFL sometimes. I mean, and that that's my last is there. I just feel like there's a lot of disrespect to Kansas City on this line. And, and, and I, I'm glad I'm glad you ended your thought that way, because my next point was it's it's really funny. Like we all remember the Stefan Dix picture from last year. God, Bills fans won't let us forget on Twitter this week. That's for sure. Um, but it's kind of funny how like the Chiefs are the ones who can kind of come into this game with the revenge narrative or just like the kind of we feel slighted narrative, even though the Bills are the ones that are number one. They're the Vegas underdogs. Although if this were on neutral field, uh, Vegas is saying it would be Bills like minus one and a half if they could play in a Super Bowl. But and and number two, like the Chiefs literally beat them in the playoffs last year. And I know they lost in the regular season, but like you would think the shoe would be on the other foot. But again, I, I think you're going to have more people pick the Bills than pick the Chiefs this week. And if anyone remembers Patrick Mahomes counting the four when he threw the touchdown in Baltimore, like he hears all of that stuff. I mean, remember the tweet last year that he liked where uh, the ESPN graphic where it said where it had like all the position rundowns and it gave who has the advantage and uh, quarterback was on the Bills side. Uh, he he sees all of it. They've got first take on like in the facility there. They they hear all of that. They want Mahomes to hear all of that. Well, what gets me excited is every team remaining in the playoffs beat Kansas City in the room. Yeah, that, to anybody listening, there were a few times this season where Evan said, I just don't see it with this team, and he came back around. <laughs> sometimes I'm trying to reverse jinx them, to be fair. <laughs> so, sometimes I'm trying real hard to reverse jinx them. But le legitimately, after the Titans game, I was like, okay, let's just get, let's just tank. Let's just get one of those big Georgia guys. Can we get the Georgia nose tackle? Like pick 10, please. Let's just do that. Yeah. <laughs> but all right, Johnny, 
unless you have anything else to add, I have one last thing I've got to question you on, and then we will get out of here. Nope. Let's get this over with. All right. For so earlier this week, as the three of us were were chatting, as we like to do, uh, Johnny mentioned he I th- he had his first salad. But Johnny, have you really never had a salad in your life until three days ago? No. I don't believe. Have you never been to a steakhouse where they give you a salad? I will, no. I like. I would just wait for the steak. You just don't eat the free salad or like the the complimentary salad or like no, the salad. Like, like, like Benefogel de Chow, just pass by that straight to the straight to the meat. So, Dalton, when I show you <sighs> this picture, what do you see? Well, that looks like a wrap, Evan. That see that that's what I think too. But Johnny says he ate his first salad this week. So we asked, you know, Johnny, what'd you have on that salad? Like, you know what it's your first salad, like this kind of big mm-hmm. deal, like first mm-hmm. time eating something at, at age twenty six, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, is it a house salad? You get a little chicken on there, maybe you know, a little little ham or you go with a Caesar salad. It's like, oh yeah, I have Caesar salad. It's like, oh yeah. He's like, Yeah, like, you know, lettuce, got the Got got the got some chicken mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and it's wrapped. Like, what do you mean it's wrapped? Well, it's a wrap. See, Merriam-Webster's dictionary says a salad is any of the various, usually cold, including a raw green vegetable and topping. That is what's in a. It didn't say bowl. It never mentioned bowl. But this is a salad wrap. It's still considered a salad. I Johnny, don't care when, if it is a wrap or not. It's a salad. When you so went to K, when, when you went to KU, did you order a crunchy chicken cheddar salad? No. <laughs> okay. Or what, what? What was it called? Was it a crunchy chicken cheddar wrap? Perhaps. I don't know. I don't uh, remember. It's for anyone not watching now. on the YouTube, we've just got a picture of a of a wrap on here because apparently. Apparently, Johnny. How is that not a salad? Why does it have to be in a bowl? Johnny, so is a sandwich a salad? A sandwich that you have cheese, ham, like olives, pickles, like tomato, lettuce? A hamburger? No. Yeah, hamburger. Oh, hamburger, he did say it, like, usually not cooked. Oh, fair. Correct. This is or at a least great not topic. not like heat up. I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna look up this Merriam Dictionary after we get off this podcast. But that is gonna do it for episode 62 of the Half Point Per Podcast. But I can't believe. First we have Lunchables cold, then we have uh, this salad mess. I'm sure there's been other food discussions that I can't remember um, with Johnny. Just quite the quite the experience here. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Half Point Per Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube and you can play in Is This a Salad or a Wrap next week. And leave us a review anywhere you listen to the podcast, Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else. It is greatly appreciated. And we will talk to you guys. Recap a little bit of divisional stuff if there is something interesting, like Cliff Cliff Kingsbury being terrible. But we'll look ahead to conference championships next week. But until then, 